You are listening to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. In this study, we will break down the Bible from B.C. to A.D. chronologically while offering historical context and real-life application for today. This series is brought to you by the Breakthrough Media Network. Welcome to Faith. The very first verse of the Bible describes a God who's big enough to create the heavens and the earth. Now, if you can believe that, then you can believe that he's big enough to do all the rest that the Bible says that he did and does. Hi, my name is Pastor Dave Ingman, and this is our co-host, Scott Brecky. Hi. And today, we're honored to have Kevin Lovegreen joining us for our bonus discussion. Welcome, Kevin. Hello, thanks. We want to welcome all of you to the Bible Breakthrough, and thank you for joining us today. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. Our ability to trust God's promises of salvation relies upon our ability to trust everything He says about history from the beginning to the end. And, we, and if we can't trust His claims about the past, how can we trust His promises about the future? Let's remember to let the scripture speak for itself uh, wherever possible through our discussion. All right, so let's do this. In episode one, we talked about the beginning of creation through the first five days. You recall that? Yeah. yeah. All right, so in there, we obviously spent some time uh, seeing the truth that God wanted us to see. God wanted us to know that he had a plan mm-hmm. and that his plan for history Um, what it looked like, what it was from the beginning all the way to the end. So with that being said, we're going to have an open forum discussion um, between the three of us about uh, just those things, Uh, things that come up, questions that came up. First question I have is, um, how do we know that God exists? He just takes a drink of his thing, just drops us on us like we know exactly how to answer that. All right, how do we know that God exists? Okay, well, for me, I think about, I think about, I look back and I see how God has worked in my life. Like I see God's moving in all these different aspects of my life, proving to me that that he exists. So I, I, I've said this to people in the past where I've talked to them. I said, look, I, you know, I wasn't an actual, I didn't get to be on the earth when Jesus walked the earth. But I do believe by faith through his word that he did. I believe that everything in the Bible is true. So if, if God sent Jesus down being um, God in the flesh, right, showing us the example of who God is, then, then that's one way that I, that's how I know that God exists through, through um, coming down as a human being, through Jesus Christ. What, what, what other example can I, that's what I lean on. That's the example that I lean on. What about you, Kev? Well, I would say that for me, uh, over a few of the Bible studies I've been part of, understanding that what's in the Bible is the truth and found out that, again, by doing a little bit of research, that the Bible is one of the most challenged books of history of all time. And it's been, there's a whole, whole bunch of people out there that have tried to prove it wrong, and over and over again, they get the proof is correct. 
So I think that just by that alone, it's helped me believe what's in the Bible. So therefore, once I believe that Bible is true, and I read about all those great stories about how God created the earth and us, I tend to want to believe it just because of the proof behind that book. When you were young, did either of you at a certain time ask that question? I wonder if God exists. What? I hear about this God. What Does God exist? Did you ever have that question as a young person? Feel free to jump in either one of you. I think everybody does at some point in their life. I mean, I, I grew up around church, so it w I wasn't always like asking that question. I mean, I had that question, but it was like growing up around church all the time. It was like, well, of course I know God's existence, but more of who, who is he and start to understand the characteristics of who he is and what it's like to follow after him and, and things like that. So, And I think for me it was, you're right, I, because I grew up in church mm -hmm. and from a fairly faithful family, I never quite questioned it. But the older I got, and I'm saying, you know, more in my 40s, when I finally dug into the Bible a little bit and got into Bible studies and surrounded myself with other men going, question this a little bit, it started making me realize that not only does he exist, I can have a relationship with him. And that kind of changed everything for me. Mm. So as a kid, I never once thought about that. I, I prayed and thought about yep. that, but I never really thought I could have a relationship with him and that my relationship could actually ask. You know, ask and you will be given and seek you'll find. I didn't really take that serious until I tested it out. <laughs> and the older I got, <laughs> I like that. When when little miracles pop up here and there, you, it, it's hard to not believe that yep. they're there for a reason. Yeah, I think that um, I think that here's an idea. Um, if if God does exist, and if the claims of the Bible are true then I think we all can conclude that where it says in the Bible God wrote uh, the knowledge of himself on all of our hearts, mm -hmm. I think that it comes back to if he wrote the knowledge of himself on our hearts and we're asking about it at a young age or at any age. Um, and in, in the Bible, it says that we know that God exists because God wrote that knowledge on our hearts. So either we accept that, we believe it, and have faith in that belief, or we deny it. And I think um, Christianity as a whole is a, a, a religion. But what's interesting about it is it's like the original religion. It's the Bible that's been around the longest. It's the Bible that records history. It's the most um, accurate uh, book of historical information the world has. It's um, the foundation for which science begun, began. Uh, science certainly researched this. Phil philosophers certainly researched this. And that being said, uh, if, if indeed it is uh, the first religion to exist, um, every other religion is a, every other religion would therefore be a uh, counterfeit. And, you know, and, and I think we can see that when we dig in and study and understand the Bible, that there's a lot of things that can get 
twisted and then people have taken off with that. But going back to that question, how do we know he exists? How do we know God exists? How do you know, Kevin, how do you know hmm. that God exists? That's a very loaded question that I'd say at the end of the day, it just comes down to faith and you've got to believe. As, as the description has been, I think, before, how do you know that the wind exists when you're looking out the window and just because you see the leaves moving, is that really the wind? I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's deep. And again, I, I like to believe that, oh, the Holy Spirit works inside us. When we truly do believe and we, we tend to, when I tend to pray a little bit more, when I tend to do random acts of kindness, I mean, it's hard to believe that that's not the Lord inside you when you're, when, yeah, you're lit up and you're feeling good and you're moving in the right direction because you're in his favor, I'll say. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that makes sense, but again, I, I gotta believe that. And again, if I don't believe that, the other crazy question is, then what else do I believe? Then I have nothing else. So I would rather err on the side of believing and then maybe be wrong one day than not believing and then really be wrong, wrong one day. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying then is that you're understanding of the knowledge of God, knowing God exists is completely based on faith. I don't know if that's a loaded question or not, but I would say yes. <laughs> I think that's, that's kind of all I have because at the end of the day, I can't just open my eyes and see him standing there talking to me. Never happened to me. So I would say that yes, it's based on faith. So is there, the, the, the faith is a component of it. Scott, have you seen evidence? Yeah, I mean, I can, he brought, uh, uh, Kevin brought it up earlier that he's actually had little miracles that happen in your life. I mean, I've had, I've had mir- miraculous healings happen that it's like undeniable. Like, how can that happen without, what, you think that's just a random chance? We prayed and the person got healed? Do you think that's random? Like, no. We prayed in Jesus' name and I saw my, I mean, for instance, I saw my wife's ankle completely be healed before. I have my, I've had my back been healed before. You've had many stories you've shared with me before that it's just like, you can't deny that fact that that just happened mm-hmm. and by only by the power of God. So, I mean, there's something, you know, physical and tangible that you can experience, that, that, that experience. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there, but there was a part of my life where it was like, maybe on the early walk, I didn't see those things, but I always wondered about it, you know? I always wondered, do these things really happen? Like the book of Acts, do these things, these, these things that Jesus did, these healings and stuff, and then we see it passed on to the disciples, do these things still happen? Before, I would say, I'm not sure, but now I know they do. I'm like, God's Holy Spirit is still alive and active, you know? So that's always one thing I really tend to, um, to just be cautious around. I've heard people say, well, the, the Holy Spirit was only given for the apostles and those in the early church. And it's like, well, if that's true, then all the miracles and stuff, that, th- that only happened then. But what about now? And now I know that that's not true. Like, I know the Holy Spirit's still living and active. If you were to say that the Holy Spirit isn't here anymore, then none of those things should still happen. But I've seen them. So... For me, it's it's just confirmation that God's spirit's still still alive, right? So, would you agree then with Kevin in in, in that you have no um, factual evidence to believe that God is in existence or that God exists, and that it's only a matter of faith? 
<laughs> I mean, obviously faith is a huge aspect, but I mean, we just talked about it in the beginning. God created, so I mean, I think there's, I think there's, I, I don't know. I mean, All right, not so no. I, I don't think it's a hundred percent on faith. I think that there's proof. Well, I think proof in the pudding. I think we can look around. We can see the evidence yep. of everything God created in this first uh, episode that we uh, produced. Certainly, it started out with in the beginning. So I want to go back to that in the beginning. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in the episode. You and I discussed that yeah. in the first episode. Um, curious what uh, Kevin thinks about the 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 element of the idea that if there was a beginning that means there needed to be a place to start and if there was something that started in the beginning we can clearly see what God was referring to when we read the as we did the first five days of creation but what what was there before the beginning Kevin and that is a very deep question <laughs> that I think all of us might struggle a little bit with. I, it's the old chicken or the egg, and there's a moment where I'll picture God floating in a dark space, yeah. and then all of a sudden he says, boom, we're going to have earth, we're going to have water. Super hard for me to comprehend, but I think that's part of the excitement of the whole idea of faith, knowing that if he's that amazing and powerful, yeah. how cool to see what else he can do. But I'll also say that I can't wait that one day, I sure hope I get to ask him more of these questions when I'm sitting <laughs> there in front of him, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think there's a lot of questions that are out there that are, for sure, for me, too hard for me to comprehend. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of neat to ponder it. And there will always be questions that are going to go unanswered. I remember we had run into a guy and he was saying, look, if you're going to be a follower of, of Christ and you're going to believe in this book, there are going to be, there are going to always be questions that are going to go unanswered. Are you okay with that? Like, I have to be, you know? Well, yeah, um, Deuteronomy 29.29, right? We read that the other day. We were kind of talking about that. And that is the idea that God, there are secrets that God has that, that, no, man that knows. no man will ever be able to, it won't be revealed to him. Um, and we need to be good with that. So when we look at, the Bible, we have to recognize God gave us what we needed, yeah. but there's a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. And so that being said, um, what was there before the beginning? That was the question I asked to kind of pitch that. Okay, it's in the beginning. What was that before the beginning? Um, Kevin, what are your thoughts going a little bit farther on that? What, was there anything before the beginning? I mean, we know, maybe we can agree as men of God or Christians that there, that God clearly existed. Can we agree on that? He clearly existed before yeah. the beginning, right? Yep. Well, had to. Right? He had to, yeah. right? So what would, you know, what, what was then therefore before that? And the answer to that would be obviously God, right? Yep. So what are, you, what are your thoughts about God as it pertains to before the beginning? Can you say that you have an idea of what God looked like? Do you have any idea what, what you think? What do you think he looks like? Well, I think we've all watched too many movies. You know, you just keep picturing this big mass of, of light and shining. And yeah. yeah, that's why I say 
there's this vision that I can picture him floating in space and kind of, and again, it is what, ruling what, doing what? Yeah, it's, that's mm-hmm. very tough for me to put my hands around. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and according to the scripture, it says the spirit of God. So it's a spirit. Right. All right, well, what's a spirit look like? Because I haven't, so maybe some people have, but I haven't. I've never seen a spirit before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can see flesh. I can see, you know, people, and, and I can see everything God created, but I've personally never seen the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, it's just hard to describe because I'm a, I believe that I have a spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe, obviously, that I'm a human being, but I haven't, I haven't seen a spirit. But... That doesn't mean that people haven't before. And not to mention how amazing he is to be able to create the earth that we do have and us. I mean, you go deep into figuring out how the plants and the animals all, uh, they, they inhabit together. And then not to mention you break down our bodies and to figure out how sophisticated our bodies are built. There's no way it was by accident. I mean, somebody pretty amazing created the way all this operates together. Yeah, but a lot of people don't believe that. I Trust me, and I know that. And I, I, I watched a video once, and I wish I could think of it now, but it, it does. It breaks deep, deep down, and only in the last four or five years have the ability to go way inside of our cells to find out how cells truly operate. And Louis, when you was see, that Louis Giglio? I think so. Laminin? Yeah, I think that could be <laughs> it. That could be it. And when you lay it out and you show it, there's no way it could be a fluke. I mean, somebody created this process of this body to function the way it does uh-huh. yeah. in a super cool. sophisticated way. Cool. And that's kind of impressive. I mean, it's just, obviously, there's, yeah, that's the overwhelming part. But back to the question, I don't know what was before all that. <laughs> right. Well, and we're what, not really given. What do you believe was before all that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> turn it Always back. Always fun to turn it back to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, obviously, God was before the beginning. He created it. He obviously had time before the beginning that we know he had time to plan uh, obviously and, and, and develop that plan and, and implement that plan on creation uh, when I think about what we know about the earth and, and about the universe it's big mm-hmm. just how big um, you know we like to think we know but you know some people say it's uh, just continuing to grow, that the universe is just ever expanding in all directions, which would lend itself to the Big Bang theory, so to speak. Like if there was a Big Bang and an explosion and, and, and everything that we know today came about as a result of that, uh, well, then it would uh, it lend itself to the understanding that it's ever expanding. Why would it stop? What, what would stop it? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, with that thought in mind, if you think about how big the universe itself is, how much bigger God is. Absolutely. You know, how much bigger God is than the universe. I mean, you would have to think he's bigger than what he's created. And now let's throw, I mean, Scott brought up an amazing, uh, as you're pulling parts out of this, he created the heavens and the earth, which we were discussing earlier, and that's a whole other concept that I never thought about. Uh-huh. So, plural... So it's kind of a cool concept. We could dig into the heavens, I think, a lot and try to see where the Bible points us in that direction. But there's a, there's a lot to be said about how many different heavens there are, I guess. So wait a minute. So what you're saying is, <laughs> is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So what you're trying to illustrate here is the 
fact that there's more than one heaven. Well, that's what as if we discuss, all, that's If there's only one, he would have left the S off of heavens. I mean, right. that's pretty normal, easy grammar to pick up on. So, and, and we know, mentioned this earlier, that John is Book of Revelation, is it, Pastor? I'm sorry, what? Book of, in the Book of Revelation, yeah. John, yeah. where he mentions he was caught up into the third heaven, which then would imply that there's multiple heavens, and it confirms what we're reading here in Genesis. So, um, so that means there's at least three heavens. Yeah. And if there's levels, I don't know what level I'm getting in, but let's, as long as I get in one of them, I'm okay. <laughs> well, I think you're in the first level right now. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Well, yeah. So the Bible goes on to describe um, that the first heaven, and I could be wrong and corrected or helped maybe, that the first heaven is what we're experiencing right now. So okay. it's, 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 uh, it's what we are in, all right, the physical realm that we're in, earth, and then the, we see the sky, and then the second one, why don't you go on the second one? Well, when it goes, when we go back to the verse, actually, where you know it's it's verse, verse two. Um, just to make sure that we're quoting it correctly, it says, of course, verse one: "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." Yeah. Verse two says, "The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters." So, the earth was formless and empty. Formless and empty. Can you imagine what the earth must have looked like being formless and empty? Yeah, there was like, nothing there. <laughs> it's empty. Yeah, but, it, but it, you're right, but God was obviously hovering over it. Yeah. It says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water, so there was water there. Yeah. I mean, it can, it can really mess with your mind when you, when you just, right. at first glance, until you spend a little bit more time in it, but... Uh, what we learn as we as we continue to read is that eventually here, right, as we read yesterday or in the, in the first episode, you know, that God created a space between uh, the waters of the earth and the waters of the heavens. So that would infer that there's waters above us, waters in the heavens. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, well, sure, we get water. It comes down in the form of rain all the time, so that would explain that. But, <laughs> but is, that what, is that what God is revealing there? Um, there's this uh, canopy theory that people have latched onto and believe. And, you know, there may be attributes of this theory that are, that are accurate um, and, and whatnot. But here's the thing. It, so the idea is that the Earth that we're on has an atmosphere. We know it has atmosphere. And if you, we also know that if you go far enough above Earth, that you're going to hit a place where you're actually in space. There's no, uh, it's like the properties that contain our atmosphere are like a canopy over the Earth. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, clearly the higher you get, the less oxygen you can breathe. So you have to go if you go in something that provides oxygen. And at some point, you break through this canopy, so to speak, and now you're in space where gravity, gravitational pull is um, not what it is inside the quote-unquote canopy. And so is that the... Uh, you know, if, if the canopy theory would be right, so that would that then mean that everything in the atmosphere is the first heaven? 
and then you go beyond that canopy and you get into what we refer to as space, and even second. outer space, does that represent second. the second heaven? Until we get to the third heaven, which would be the abode of God, the third heaven, the abode of God. Now, these are all things that we're talking about that we can see with our eyes, right? Yeah. What about dimensions, right? I mean, think about the idea, where does the angelic realm and the demonic realm operate? Because not, not everybody can see into that dimension. Yeah. So it can, it can inflate one's uh, ability to be overwhelmed really quickly. Mm-hmm. But that's why we're here. We're here to talk about these things. And the fact is, guys, if you're listening, gals, uh, we don't profess in this, uh, in the Bible breakthrough, to be the answer men. Uh, we're, like you, exploring mm-hmm. uh, what, what it is that we're reading. Um, and as we talk about, you know, we, we observe what the Scripture says. As we do that, we begin to interpret it and then... And then from there, you know, we gotta we gotta look and say, okay, what does this mean for our lives? Is there application principles that we need to be looking at, um, and so forth? So I'm throwing that in right now. We're not um, the answer men. We're here to explore. We're here to discuss. We're here to foster ongoing discussion, and then all of all of which we hope leads to truth. And we always want to land on truth, and we want to believe truth. I mean, I think we're all looking for truth and so that's what's part what's so much fun about being a part of something mm-hmm. like this and that we're just exploring that mm-hmm. so it's a good question about heavens about the heavens uh, one of the thoughts I would have in particular for both of you guys would be you know why don't you you know why don't you just pray and ask God to lead you down the path that would reveal the truth in that regard um, when we go down those paths, those trails, what we end up finding is we learn, uh, we gain knowledge, we're given the opportunity to, to have faith, our faith begins to grow, and uh, our faith grows when we read the Word of God. That's where our faith comes from. Jesus, by the way, John 1, 1 says that Jesus, um, in the beginning, the Word was with God, the Word was God, God gave us the Bible, and he told us who the Word is, and the Word, the Bible, all the words in it are Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where do we go to get our faith? We get our faith from Jesus. How does he give it to us? When we read his Word. And when we read his Word, he reveals, and when he reveals, we have a choice. What are we going to do with that? Are we going to believe it, or are we going to deny it? So, um, Well, and as I said, if you deny it, and you're wrong, that's a bad spot to be at the end. So that's why I say, when in doubt, I'm willing to uh, embrace it until uh, something proves me wrong or differently. But I think it's a per- pretty great concept to believe in. And we go to the Bible and we ask the Bible, so to speak. We ask Jesus to reveal the truth to us. He's given us the answers to a lot of our questions. Yeah. You know, how do we know God exists? Does God exist? Um, if we can believe that God exists and that God created everything, then certainly uh, we can believe everything else God said he did as well as says he will do. And I think that's important. Now, uh, I want to dive just into the idea again, just going back. God was before the beginning. It says in uh, Psalm 
that your throne, this is a, a psalm now, so your throne is established from old. You are from everlasting. You are from everlasting. The idea that the beginning of time is what we know, and this is the entire story of the Bible. It's the history of life from the beginning, and God wants us to know the entire story all the way to the end, the book of Revelation, right? Yeah. So he's given this to us, but to everlasting is how God has existed. And at least we're going to turn back to the Bible in that scenario, and we're going to let it answer a question about how long has God been before the mm-hmm. beginning, right? Well, from everlasting to everlasting. There was no beginning of God. God has always existed. Boy, wrap your head around that. It's <laughs> hard. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. From everlasting to everlasting. Finite minds struggle with infinite discussions. For example, let me ask you a question, Kevin. What's the biggest number? Oh, boy. Biggest number. Yeah. Don't have that answer. Doesn't end, does it? Right? That's that's an infinite number. Keeps going, right? yeah. Huh. You try to get your mind around that for a minute, and you kind of get boggled, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and then in the next five, uh, over the next five days, we discovered, in, in that study, we discovered the precision of God's um, creation, the order in which he did it. And yesterday... Scott and I were actually having a conversation outside of the, um, the, uh, the production of the episode about um, that order. Um, God creating light on that first day. He created light on the first day, but he doesn't create the sun, the moon, and the stars until the fourth, fourth day, day. Yeah. right? So what did the light that God create come from? Where did it come from? Or was it just a, an, his eminence that was revealed to what has now become time, right? Um, that was a thought. But but he started with creation of light on that first day. And then the second, third, and fourth day, he started to create um, vegetation, um, for example, which uh, we certainly realize today, and science has helped us understand this, that trees and plants, for example, um, he created them first knowing what was coming. He knew what was coming, what he was going to create in that sixth day. The Mm -hmm. people and the animals that are going to breathe in air. So he created vegetation, all the vegetation and all the trees. And what do we know about those? They generate oxygen, Mm -hmm. correct? So that what's coming can breathe it, you know? I thought that was that was a interesting thought, and as we get into the second episode in our next uh, production, we'll talk more about the creation of man and and the animals. But the order of creation was unique, and um, and it was done with intention. And there are still things that we have yet to learn about it, and it seems so simple in just such a short piece uh, of information that we get through those first 24 verses, but it's packed. It's packed. A lot of information. Anything else you guys want to talk about? 
I can't wait to dive into uh, see episode two so we can keep on rolling this thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm excited about too. Next what about one. gap? What about the gap theory? Have you ever heard of that? I've never, never heard of it. The gap theory. No, never heard of it. You know, one of the biggest challenges that we have to overcome in our world today, I think one of the biggest ones is this theory of evolution. And sometime back in the 60s and 70s, um, when we started to remove, basically remove God, uh, prayer and, and the teaching of God in our public school systems, um, it ushered in a generation at that point in time of um, people that, if unless their unless their families were believers or um, whatnot, that they just don't have any knowledge of God, and and, and now mm. what they get is is a knowledge of a theory, a theory called evolution, and I don't want to dive into the discussion of evolution here today, whether. Uh, or not, you believe that, but um, you know what I do want to just dive into is this idea of this gap theory, and it's I'm just going to read what I wrote here. It is the idea that there there was a long and indefinite chronological gap between Genesis 1:1 and Genesis 1:2 in that first verse. Now, most gap theory advocates use the theory to explain the fossil records assigning old and extinct fossils to this indefinite gap. Does that make sense? Like, so they're just saying there's a bit, there's a, a large amount of time in between when God created the heavens and the earth and then two, in verse two? Right, I mean, it's essentially that period of time. Um, and, and, it, and, and what the gap theory would try to address is the, uh, you know, the time, the uh, carbon stamping Mm -hmm. uh, the fossils and all of that stuff, and and that that actually could have occurred over millions or billions of years. Like, you know, I mean, um, and so the question is, is, you know, do you believe the Bible is speaking about literal days when he says, you know, like God, oh, God said, let there be light, and at, and at the end of day one, he says, and the evening came, uh, day passed and marking the end of the first yeah. day and then he goes in and he says that for each of the, the, the seven days of creation. Well somewhere in the Bible and you're going to tell me where it is I'm guessing doesn't it say that a day in heaven is a thousand years to us? Or a day to God a day to God is a thousand years to us so it could theoretically be a thousand years of our time between each of those days then that would be kind of crazy. What do you think? <laughs> what do I think? I think that I I I I know that verse. Like I remember reading that verse as well. But I tend to just lean towards it says a day, so I'm just taking it as a day. And it's funny to me that it's he creates everything in seven days. Yet today our calendar still revolves around seven day calendar, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I tend to think it was just one day. And a lot of times he's just setting up that for us. I mean, obviously God didn't have to do it and. Uh, seven days or thousands, you know, like you may believe thousands of years or maybe you believe thousands of years, but um, I think it's for for example for us. So I, I tend to think it's just literal days. So Yeah, and it, you know, look, there are places in the Bible that are clearly meant to be literally understood. 
Like this is literal. And there are other places where maybe it's not, right? So in this scenario, it would lend itself, in my opinion, um, and I feel it's a strong opinion that when God said it was a day, it was a day, 24-hour period. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where evolutionists run into problems. It's the three-legged stool. They lose a, they lose a leg of that stool right there. Um, there has to be an explanation that, you know, and by the way, we've carbon dated. You know, this is, this is an important element of science. And, in, you know, carbon dating is a science. And how precise is that science? Well, here's the problem with it. You have to have faith in that science. Mm-hmm. Because you want the science wasn't there a million billion years ago or whatever, whatever, right? So all we're going to do is just believe that based upon this information that um, science is telling us that that might that that must be true. But the gap theory here's where the gap theory runs into a problem, and that is this: whatever merit that theory has, it cannot explain the extinction and fossilization of ancient animals. And the reason we know this is because the Bible, Bible plainly uh, tells us that death came by Adam. It was as a result of sin, mm-hmm. right? Adam wasn't created until the seventh day or sixth day. Mm-hmm. Death wasn't enter. Death didn't enter into the equation until the sixth. Didn't even have an opportunity until the sixth day. You know. So what are you? Who, what are you getting at? You're saying that. That. I'm saying that since fossils are a result of death, they couldn't have happened before Adam's time. Oh, okay. I get it now. Hmm. Right. I'll go with it. Sounds like a good theory to me. Well, uh, all right. I, this is just <laughs> elementary thinking here, but like today, right? I think about the weather. Like we can't even sometimes. We just seen it the other day with the snow, right? Oh yeah, we're gonna get ten inches of snow, and it's gonna be the last. They were so off by all the timing. Yet I'm supposed to believe they knew exactly what happened eighteen billion years ago, or a billion years ago, or whatever. Like, come on, that just seems like a very large stretch to me. So, right. but well, and look, a lot of people struggle with this, and there's a lot of debate around it for a reason. Mm-hmm. And if we go back to the idea that it's going to boil down to the truth. Either you know, believe the truth, or you're denying the truth. And if the Bible is true, and I believe it is, every word of it has to be true, because if it's not true, then it's all a lie, in my opinion, right? Yeah. So either it's true or it's not true. And, you know, everybody questions whether or not there's a God for a reason. You start thinking about it at some point in your life for a reason. It's the signs that we see and the wonders of the heavens and the sunsets and the yeah. sunrises. It's these wonders that begin to cause us to think about the, that. Because it's like, wow, even, even uh, 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 who was it that uh, created evolution? <laughs> Theory of evolution. Uh, Darwin. 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 Oh. Uh, <laughs> even Darwin himself had said that he has a, that his entire theory falls apart when he starts to look at the human eye. Hmm. Like, man, I can't explain it. How does something like the human eye evolve into being something? Right. Right. So, um, 
Yeah, so we either believe or we don't. And when we believe we're accepting, I feel we accept the truth. And when we don't believe, I feel like we're just denying it um, and have built all sorts of good reasons why we like justify our deny, you know, why we deny it. That's yeah. my, it's my opinion. But so could you wrap up the first 23, what did we read? 23 verses, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Is there a, so we've gone a, in a lot of different directions right now. Mm -hmm. So could you button it up possibly for us, for them of what you get out of those first 23 verses and how, and what's clear to you, I guess. Well, clearly to me, first of all, it's, it's uh, you know, the first five days of creation record historical information. Mm -hmm. There's no real commands in that. God's not telling us things there to do today that we can necessarily apply. I'm not saying, however, that we don't get to get revelation from those words that we could apply things like, well, here I've got doubt on this particular topic or this thought that we could apply to prayer, praying to God to ask him to help us to remove uh, the doubt that we might have had, or maybe even regarding things like the evolution. You know, Lord, reveal the truth in that. You know, there's different kinds of evolution or parts of evolution that I do agree with personally. I do. But that's a discussion for a different, different uh, time. Mm -hmm. uh, that all being said, the, the, the record that we have is that God wanted us to see how he did it, and that's going to require faith in order for us to believe. The very first sentence, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Stop. If you can get your mind around that, mm -hmm. muster up just enough faith to believe that, well, then the rest of this stuff is going gonna, gonna to be easy. Yeah. It really is. That's where we got to start. And I find it interesting that he started there. In the beginning, he started with those words. You know, and that's where our faith will grow. And we get faith when we read the Word. So read it. If you're um, watching and listening to this, maybe you're on a trip somewhere and you just have time, you're on a, whatever, open up the Word of God for yourself. Put your own eyes on those words. As you do, I'm, I'm telling you that you will be fed. God will start to open your eyes to see things and reveal things to you that you might not have seen before. Mm -hmm. So that's how I'd wrap it up. Amen? Amen. All right. Okay, I guess what I'd like to do is just uh, thank you. I want to thank yeah. you, Scott, as always, for being a part of this. Yeah. Um, Kevin, thank you for joining us. If, uh, look, if you're struggling with any of this, I, I want you to know that it's all right to struggle. We all struggle with, with some of these, these topics and wrestle with them. But I want to encourage you, just hang in there with us and uh, keep coming back and listening and and seeing where this where this takes us. Again, thank you. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Kevin. And mm -hmm. thank you for listening. We look forward to uh, meeting you together again in another episode uh, as we continue our study of this era uh, called Beginnings. It's the first one. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and will join us again for more of the Bible from B.C. to A.D. We are a volunteer-driven ministry and rely on you to help us get the word out to the world. Please like this podcast on Facebook, 
Share it to your page and continue to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. This has been a broadcast of the Breakthrough Media Network.